0: Welcome to The Bitcoin Zodiac, the podcast that explores the intersection of finance and astrology, where we use a combination of spirituality and logic to help us connect the dots in the market. Hosted by Corinne Florence and Claire Marinan, who both come from a diverse background, bringing with them a wealth of knowledge and experience in the realms of astrology, cryptocurrency, trading, philosophy, investment strategy, and of course, Bitcoin. In each episode, we explore the economics of the markets following the evolution of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies through each moon cycle and astrological transit. Join us on this journey as we explore the intersection of these two worlds that are often thought to be at odds with one another, finance and astrology. Whether you're a seasoned crypto investor, a day trader, or just starting to dip your toes into the world of Bitcoin and blockchain, the Bitcoin Zodiac is the podcast for you. So sit back, relax, and come and expand your consciousness with us as we explore the world of the financial markets through an astrological lens. Good morning. Happy Aquarius season.
1: Happy Aquarius season. There is so much Aquarian energy in the air. Can you feel it? You feel it. And you
0: know what? I'm loving it. I really love it. Aquarian energy I love Aquarian people I love the Aquarian energy um and it's really funny because I was saying to you sort of before we started recording I don't actually have any Aquarius placements in my chart but um but I I you know I have my Leo rising so I wonder if that's sort of the the connect like that opposing sign I don't know but I I love me some Aquarian energy for sure
1: Yeah I really think that it is that like and I know we've spoken about this in past episodes as well where we've spoken about how opposing signs are like same same but different and how they are each other's literally each other's medicine so Aquarius and Leo are those opposing signs and you know um, I have Aquarius friends and I really see sometimes in them such like leo traits and then in myself being a leo son sometimes i see aquarian like traits in me and so i think it is that and also like i i just in general love like what aquarius like stands for i i love it as a sign and i'm so grateful that we get to live through the aquarian age I don't know about you, but I'm like, yay! Technology, innovation, uh, revolution, rebellion. I'm like, yeah, this, this is. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm excited. I love it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And um, we can get straight stuck into this like new moon in Aquarius. And it, you know, it's funny that you say that because. Um, our dear friend Alex, who used to be a co-host here on our podcast, she's so Aquarian, you know, she is Aquarius, but um, you know, she really embodies that, I think, like more than anybody i I kind of know. And when I was like looking up, um, you know, preparing for this episode and looking up different things around the Aquarius New Moon, and I was kind of like looking at the colors that align and things like that and it was like um neon colors and electric blue and it's really funny because when I think of her that's the color like I think of her in those colors if that makes sense to everyone so I'm not sure like if like that's her aura color maybe that it's like that electric blue and neon colors so it's so interesting how these things sort
1: of align you know yeah definitely the neon definitely the neon We love you Alex stuff our Aquarius like, friend yeah, we love you
0: we love you and um happy birthday as well from the Bitcoin <laughs> <subject>. <laughs>
1: yeah and um before we actually dive a bit more into Aquarius which I know is was super excited about um I didn't ask you how was your full moon in Leo you
0: know what? I I it was funny because actually beforehand, remember, I think the last time we, we recorded this podcast, i just come out of a really down day. And it was, I think it what it was, was like, we'd literally just moved, Pluto had just moved into Aquarius. So it was very big energy fields. And I just had this like kind of down day, but then through the full moon, I don't know, again, I love some Leo energy, even if it is the like full moon, you know, energy. But I sort of felt very, very empowered through that full moon. So I'm not sure if that was like your experience as well, but it really sort of shone that spotlight again on, you know, where, where are the aspects, the sort of shadow aspects of Leo that are sort of showing up in my life and how can I align to the higher aspects of Leo? And that's really what the new, the full moon is all about, you know? And so I kind of felt very clear and empowered through that time. Um, what was your experience?
1: Yeah, I I remember exactly even me last week or last episode, we were talking about how I, um, I felt it a lot physically and then it kind of came to me mentally. For me, I think it was a lot of... Um, maybe because it's my son. And so it's all about like my purpose and my career because my, my son is in my 10th house. And I, I just, I had so much even just not even reflection, but just like alignment to really get me ready for this year and exactly where I like went ahead. So I I did feel very energetic, very like determined. I felt like I like was stepping into like my lion energy, which was really, really cool. Um, And a lot of questions around like work-life balance as well. As I, you know, stepped into a new home environment as well, it was very much like, okay, what does your life look like from here onwards? So so it was, it was actually a really beautiful moon. I am not going to lie. I was expecting worse. I was like, oh, here we go cherry on top of my enemy year and uh, full moon in Leo is just going to like come at me. But instead it was nice. So thank you, Cosmos. So thank you God for looking after me during this time.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I love it. I I loved it as well. Um,
1: Bitcoin had its, um, Bitcoin had its pullback, which was cool to see. So, um, I mean, already by the full moon, Bitcoin kind of had already created its local bottom a couple days before. And then, you know, of course, as we had that Uranus and Taurus energy, it just shot right back up, which is great. And we had spoken even last week about how this was a really great time, the last full moon to, with that trine, the moon and trying the natal moon how that was like a good opportunity for uh investing so we actually saw that play out quite nicely as well from that last full moon you know we're up about 12 percent since then um day of recording so that was that was quite positive
0: yeah absolutely and you know moving up into the new moon now i think we from from what i'm looking at astrology wise I do feel like we you know we are going to see some expansion up into this new moon. Um so maybe we'll go back and retest those levels around 48 again dip into that order block at 48 again. You know let, let's see how that goes. I still you know that I'm still not convinced um entirely. I I do feel like that last pullback I think it was around 20% pullback I don't feel like that was scary enough. Pre-bull market pullback, you know, really a lot of these pullbacks are to scare people out of the market, to scare people into selling things and and um I don't feel like anyone was scared by that. So I um I still think that we we may get another more substantial pullback before the halving or just after the halving the the data is mixed really around the halving so um so previous halvings they've had a big dip before um, and then some other halvings they've had a big dip just after the halving event so it's it is a little bit mixed um in terms of back testing but again i do um i don't think that 20% pullback really scared anybody and so i do think that we will get something a bit more substantial but we may well go up and test those levels again um those higher levels again before that happens so um uh, let's see i've sort of been looking for that through the astrology to get a clearer picture of when that could be likely but
1: hmm,
0: there's there's nothing that really you know, screams out to me that's like, this, you know, this is where it's at, you know, Um, this is where this could happen. So we'll just keep an eye on it as we move forward.
1: Yeah, I do. I do feel like, you know, if we had seen a bigger pullback than around that full moon in Leo, that would have really been it. I mean, we are going to be after this new moon in Aquarius heading towards a full moon in Virgo. As hmm. we have spoken about in the past, a full moon in Virgo is actually the most unfavorable sign for, for Bitcoin historically for the moon to be in. Uh, Bitcoin does not like that. But I and I, I do have to look at the astrology more in depth specifically for Bitcoin around that time, and we'll be addressing that next episode. But um, the only other thing that I can really see prior to the Bitcoin halving um, is the eclipses so we do have a solar eclipse in aries on the 8th of april and that's actually looking really ugly um, from an astrocartography uh, point of view on top of the u.s it actually looks not so fun so let's see um it's marking a, a black cross right on top of the u.s so that could be you know, got some war energies happening around that time. Uh, So maybe potentially, you know, a bit of a black swan, big pull back there. Like you said, this time, maybe right before the the Bitcoin halving. And uh, 20th of April, Jupiter conjunct Uranus is looking real good for crypto. So yeah, I believe it'll happen before then. Um, But right now... There is so much Aquarius energy. So we have from 20th of Jan, we went into Aquarian season with the sun in Aquarius. Um, Then on the 21st of January, we had the Pluto shift into Aquarius. 5th of February, Mercury in Aquarius. 9th of Feb, happy new moon in Aquarius, everyone. That's right now as you're listening to this episode then the 13th of february we have mars moving into aquarius and then on the 16th of february we have venus in aquarius all happening in aquarian in the aquarian age like this is like i think bitcoin's just going to love this energy so this new moon i think like you said i i really do think that we're going to test though that 48k again that area um so yeah, hopefully you all bought around the full moon yeah Yeah,
0: because um yeah and look Lee pushing up into that new moon we 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 know that the new moon usually prints the local top so you know I'm I'm kind of like seeing seeing that and I'm not necessarily seeing this big substantial pullback um after this new moon, as you say, I think it's more um the more these other astrological events just before the halving, that is, we're gonna see kind of more one that will shock and scare people. Um, that that's kind of like more what I'm seeing. I see it as pretty positive for Bitcoin, actually, as well. Um, you know, Aquarius is this air sign known for its association with innovation, technology. And collective movements. I don't think you can describe Bitcoin as anything other than that, you know. And this is the second new moon of um, 2024. So um, it really offers, a, in, in Aquarius, it really offers us this chance to set our annual frequency, really encouraging us to leave behind old habits and moving into this new paradigm. So It prompts us to stretch our imagination beyond its current limitations and really challenges us to envision a life beyond our self-imposed barriers. So Aquarius really teaches us the importance of thinking in terms of energy, like highlighting our interconnectedness through the collective consciousness and also the impact of our energy on other people and vice versa. So being very conscious of that. um, Really, this period of time on a personal level is for deciding the energy and feelings we wish to embody, focusing on the truths that are within us that really seek to be acknowledged. And um, I'm sure you might touch on this later as well, but the conjunction with the new the new moon with Saturn in Aquarius really like emphasizes this need for deep commitment to our soul's true desires, urging us to face and integrate challenging truths. So um, yeah, it's basically a time again for introspection on societal, familial and external expectations and encouraging us to live authentically prioritizing our happiness and fulfillment over pleasing other people. So it's really like out with the people pleasing and, um, you know, in with the, the boundaries, but the, the consciousness, I think, you know, last episode, I kind of touched on this, how I sort of can see these sort of like narcissistic tendencies coming through in our society And how I think that there's not really room for that in the Aquarian age. And I read an interesting article like a couple of days ago, and it was sort of comparing the similarities of people pleasing behavior with narcissism and how it's like the flip side of that. And so they really kind of come hand in hand. And so it's quite interesting because you, you know, it's funny because narcissism is always like sort of seen as this like bad Dr. Evil kind of vibe, you know, sinister sort of vibe and people pleasing is like, oh, kind of pathetic, weak, you know, sad kind of vibe. Whereas actually there's quite a lot of psychological traits that are very similar in both sorts of people, but obviously just expressed differently. So I really feel that there's a, there's a move out of that energy into this aquarian age that it's really like about embodying you know our uniqueness and embodying ourselves but very conscious about how our energy also you know um affects other people and um being considerate of that and so i i think that that's sort of like an interesting dynamic coming into this you know so much aquarian energy So the awareness of like outdated behaviors and beliefs is really key with this um, this new moon and moving forward into this year. So letting go of what no longer serves us um, is kind of like likened to outgrowing, you know, your wardrobe. When you're a kid, you outgrew your (laughs) pants; got too short, you know. You you outgrew those, and that's exactly the kind of like energy we have around like beliefs that we're outgrowing so just release them it's time to get a new wardrobe of beliefs and um and upgrading in that so emotional resistance to change is like kind of natural but um it's you know if you are resistant to change then these this this season is is going to be quite challenging for you and you're going to feel some resistance so but acknowledging and honoring those feelings of resistance is really crucial to this new way of being you know it's not a tra- it's not a time for spiritual bypass emotional bypass and being like think positive all the time it's really a time of like acknowledging hey i'm resistant to this change and getting curious about what is this resistance all about? What is this link to a limiting belief that I picked up in childhood, getting really curious around those sorts of things yeah. so you can outgrow them in a healthy way. So, um, intention setting during this new moon should really be guided by um your your desire of how you want to feel and the truths, you know, feelings and truth. And it's like aiming to align our energy with our honest, soul-driven aspirations and a desire to contri- contribute positively to the collective energy. So I kind of love that for for this this um, this new moon. And um, as I said to you guys, I was doing some research on sort of like aligning to nature a little bit more with um, my moon practices. And so the flowers um, for this new moon are like an orchid, which is one of my favorite flowers, Bird of Paradise. And again, the colors were like electric blue neon and um, the scents as well. I always do, um, I always, for the new moon, I always do an essential oil blend and just to align, I just really love essential oils to be able to align to that energy and to to really you know use nature to align to that energy. So we're looking at like, Sense of neroli, lemon, clary sage, coriander, and rosemary. So that's um, I'll probably post that on Hadassah Collective if I remember um, that essential oil blend that I personally have. And so I I really recommend doing that on a personal level, is to like really align to these um, these new moons and this Aquarius energy.
1: I love that so much. Mm -hmm. everything that you just said is so connected to what i see with the astrology of bitcoin for this new moon but also i can't believe that you just said birds of paradise as a plant because literally alex like my man alex and i too many alexes in our lives (laughs) friend friend alex and my man alex but we were literally saying like Oh my god! We should get a birds of paradise plant for our house, like the other day. So I guess we're intuitively aligned with this Aquarian yeah. energy. Yeah, I love, I love that. But yeah, I I think this is just such a. I also want to say like futuristic, like new moon. Like I feel like I think of like a bow and arrow and it's like the, we've had the pullback and we're getting ready to like launch like into the future. And I, I feel like this period of time is really launching us into that future. I think I'm going to slide in here and actually talk about what I think has been the biggest Aquarian Age news just recently. Before I get into the Bitcoin astrology for this new moon, because please let's talk about Elon Musk and Neuralink. Um, How creeps they just
0: off. say that again? It gives me the creeps. I know that people are so excited about this, but I, it really gives me the creeps.
1: <laughs> well, I I am I have mixed emotions. I'm not going <laughs> to lie, but. So for those that don't know, Elon Musk's Neuralink just implanted their first human patient with a brain chip, and this is literally an event that is the epitome of the the spirit and the energy of the Aquarian age. So in astrology, the age of Aquarius is often associated with radical advancement, technological innovation, and the breaking of boundaries. And these, I think, are very big themes that really are connected to the Neuralink uh, recent event. So these developments aren't just a leap forward in neuroscience and biotechnology, but it literally is a manifestation of the Aquarian ideals. So innovation, human uh, huma, I can never pronounce that word, humanitarianism. And a vision for the future as well, where though the limitations are transcended. So the implant, which get the name of it, this kind of freaks me out, but the name is telepathy. That's what they called the implant. It's designed to enable individuals, especially those with severe paralysis, to interact with technology through thought alone. This aligns beautifully with our Aquarian focus on community collective betterment as it opens new doors for inclusivity and accessibility. Now, on top of that, there obviously are implications of the technology in the realm of digital assets. Um, and 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 Bitcoin or blockchain technology obviously brings up these these question marks. You know, we were kind of talking before the before we started recording as well with the blockchain and how many people that are interested in finance are also interested in the idea of blockchain technology, but it comes with its pros and cons. So we literally can start to even now with something like telepathy, this neural link, we can start to imagine a world where we have more and more interactions, not just with digital currencies and ath- assets, but also with thought processes. And it's kind of like, where do we, I think it starts to also raise questions of where do we draw the lines? Um Because it's more so where is the human intention taking this Mm -hmm. and where, where can it actually help us? So regardless of how everybody's feeling about this, and I think that this new moon is a great time to even think about this, maybe even tap into that resistance that Claire was Mm -hmm. talking about before, where is that resistance coming from? Um, But it very much is. It's really like a big welcome to the Aquarian age. And just, I I love like, I don't know where this quote came from. not going to lie. Maybe I even saw this in ChatGPT as I was there chatting with my AI friend. Um, It was, this is a fusion of human consciousness with technological advancement, creating a symbiosis that could redefine our relationship with money and assets, but also with each other. so yeah, I know. I feel like I feel you squirming, Claire. <laughs> yeah, I I
0: am really, you know, in terms of technology and in terms of moving forward, you know, I do always take the position of, you know, try and stay out of the duality of the for or against, you know. Mm. I really, sort of, you know, and I do take the position of, you know, let um you need to make sure that you're on the side of your using technology and it's not using you. And I think when we come to the point of implanting chips in our brains, that it concerns me, not necessarily the technology, but who is controlling the technology? Because I think when we see things like, you know, just even on our phones, like you and I have had this experience a million times, I'm sure everyone listening to to it has you know um we've been talking about something and suddenly you open up Instagram and every ad is about that thing. Mm-hmm. I am really concerned about the blurring of the lines of your own thoughts with that kind of incentive you know what I mean those kind of incentive dr- drivers so yeah I I don't know there is a part of it but then there's also a part of me that's like you know thank goodness I, you know, I'm not in a position where I am paralyzed, you know, or there were other things as well in terms of like hearing and vision that he was, he's talked about with Neuralink and, you know, so maybe if I was in that kind of position and this like microchip would really help me, um, I may feel differently about it, but I just do think that we really need to go into things like this very consciously because I think other times in terms of technology technology adoption, like social media and things like that, we've been completely unconscious of some of the negatives associated with that. And we just kind of blindly walked into this new way of being, new way of doing business, new way of communicating without sort of thinking around our own personal boundaries around it. Now, I do think that, again, with this Aquarian energy is that it really is about your own personal boundaries and then how you interact with the collective. So I don't believe in this. I don't believe that the energy that we've had in terms of centralized government, centralized legislation is really going to work very well for the, you know going forward in the Aquarian age because technology is already outpacing government's legislation like they cannot keep up with the advancements in technology and we're coming into an era where they're looking incredibly incompetent and almost i mean I don't want to say it but almost becoming semi irrelevant in some aspects because they just cannot they just cannot function at the at this pace that is needed to to regulate these kind of innovations neuralink crypto, AI, they just can't keep up. And so I think it then comes down to your own personal boundaries. Okay, these things exist. They're maybe going to be unregulated or not, you know, properly regulated or regulated for a a specific agenda to protect certain interests. So I've got they're going to be out there. I've got to take responsibility and choose how I interact with them. What feels good to me? What feels right to me? And I think, yeah, we know the difference between resistant, because I'm like, oh, I don't really like change. It's awkward. It's uncomfortable and resistant. to so that's a full body no for me, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's how we have to interact um, going forward. It's all about, you know, it, it, Aquarius is very intuitive as well. And so it's, you know, and, you know, telepathic. So it's, it is really interesting that that's what he called. There's no coincidences in that. Um, Definitely. No, and he's
1: a smart man. He's a very smart man.
0: Yeah. Like, he's very, he's very into all of the, like, you know, I think people do, I don't know if people underestimate him, but like, I, I love the fact that he makes things funny and entertaining. Like, he launches his rocket at 420. Very specifically, you know, because he 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 loves a doobie or two, um, you know. But I think sometimes people don't, you know, take him as seriously as they should. And I don't think there's any coincidence that Neuralink was launched um, in this Aquarius season, and you know, the Pluto and Aquarius. There's no coincidence in that in that kind of thing. That's definitely um very much uh, very much on purpose so yeah i think again it's it's the same thing in in it's it's about personal responsibility and what is our personal um what is our individual contribution to the collective that's really very much um aquarian energy it's not like let's all hold hands in circles and sing kumbaya and hope that the Democrats are going to rain down money on us. Like, you know, this kind of like enforced mediocrity across the board. Um, you know, that, that's actually not Aquarius energy, even though it is very community centric and collective centric. It's actually what is the individual's, empowered individual's contribution to the collective. So it's a more focus on individualism than um, individualism, which creates the collectivism, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, definitely 100%. And I I really feel like this is just the beginning of what we're seeing. Um, But again, it's, you know, when I really think about the resistance that I have to this, like, and I, I mentioned it, and you restated it, like, for me, it's really, but who's holding the power to this stuff? Because I mean, when I was little, I used to watch the Jetsons and I was like, that's the coolest world. And I can't wait. Did you ever watch the Jetsons? Like where they eat, right? Like they live in the future. They have all these things. Like I I love that. And I think it's exciting. And we can, I've I've said this before, like, I love the idea that technology is coming in and taking over things that we don't have to do so that we get to actually be that that higher version of ourselves. We get to really step into our higher faculties because we don't need to do the things that technology can do for us. We can do so much more. But then I do look at, you know, even something like CBDCs. I can see the beautiful side of CBDCs and I can see that, you know, it would make certain things really efficient and really great for us. But then I'm like, hold up. But who's in control? Who can see everything? What are the limitations that they can put on us? And that's when they actually go and remove our freedom. So I think my biggest resistance, and when I look at all of this, it's, but where, who's where do we draw, Sorry? is controlling it? Yeah, like where do we draw the line? Um, which again boundaries so it's it's all Aquarian themes into each other i think on top of um and i just wrote down a few themes that i i believe are going to be like the the nearest ones or the the more so closest to what we're going to see coming soon um our advancements in renewable energy also very much an Aquarian age theme Uh, I think we're really going to see, obviously, speaking of the crypto space in particular, I think a rise of decentralized finance because of literally that resistance that we just spoke about, Uh, more global connectivity through Starlink, artificial intelligence and machine learning, of course, social movements for equality, Um, advances in space exploration as well as then virtual and augmented reality, I think they're the the soonest kind of Aquarian age themes that we're going to be seeing in the in the coming years.
0: I think this is a perfect time also to just jump in with some Elizabeth Warren. Hmm. You know, and also speaking um, of us, this is so this is actually I find a little bit amusing, but anyway. It, Elizabeth Warren around the ETF really came out with quite a strong tweet on Elon Musk's ex, formerly Twitter, and she tweeted the SEC, the at SEC Gov is wrong on the law and wrong on the policy with respect to the Bitcoin ETF decision. If the SEC is going to let crypto borrow even deeper into our financial system, then it's even more urgent than ever that crypto follow basic anti-money laundering rules. Now, she has a bill going, which is the crypto anti-money laundering um, bill, um, which a lot of people don't think will get through Congress. Um, and she's really going after self-custody and um it's quite interesting because i think we've we've sort of mentioned this on previous episodes that we're like you know what there may be countries that attempt to either make self custody of bitcoin illegal or like with gold you know the us has done that before um made the personal custody of gold illegal and um you know even to this day there are countries that have limitations on how much gold An individual can personally hold. And um, so is that what we're pushing for? Is that what she's pushing for is to attempt to, you know, regulate and either make it illegal for people to personally hold Bitcoin and therefore you can only get exposure to Bitcoin through an ETF or um, at least limit. Now, can I be really honest? I don't know how they would police that to be very honest. You know, Mm I, I mean, there's always there's always a way around. I mean, Bitcoin was designed to be a peer to peer network, right? And so, uh, I mean, there is also a big push to phase out cash. So, um, I guess if it's digital transactions to buy your Bitcoin and then self custody, that can obviously always be traced and tracked and everything like that. So, I guess that's how they'd police it. But I I don't know. But I thought that this was quite funny as well because. She was fact checked on her tweet, which she's usually one of the people who's like, you know, fake news, fact check everything. She's a Democratic senator, by the way. Um, But this is where Elon Musk's humor that obviously filters down through the system in, um, you know, an X is that she's fact checked. And she said, readers context added. The American court decided approving Bitcoin ETF is lawful and the DC Circuit Court of Appeals overturned the SEC's rejection of Grayscale's bid to convert its trust into an exchange-traded fund. So I just thought that was kind of amusing.
1: (laughs) I love (laughs) 2024, the year of karma. Let's
0: go. It's like, you know, turning things on their heads. And I I liked that, you know. But overall, I think for Bitcoin, for this new moon, um, kind of what what I feel is that, you know, Aquarius really brings with it this wave of innovation of technology, whether it's Neuralink, whether it's, you know, even upgrades to Twitter, whether it's Bitcoin and crypto um, and the focus, it's the focus on collective progress. So really for the financial markets, specifically Bitcoin, I could see this being a period of significant activity and potential for growth. However, there is this unpredictable nature of these influences. and So it does call for like cautious optimism and strategic planning. So um, that's kind of where I wrap up the new moon. I know that you're going to get into some more new moon astrology specifically for Bitcoin too, but that's what I kind of sort of see for for Bitcoin. I think it's overall incredibly positive for long-term, you know, conviction in Bitcoin. Um, But I do, again, think that there's, you know, we are in really volatile times in terms of the markets. And, you know, you got to be able to ride out that volatility if you want to be involved in crypto at all.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I, I agree with you. I think that this new moon looks very, very positive for Bitcoin. But we're still not completely off to the races. And as we said, we are still expecting some sort of pullback. And I do believe that this will create a local top, like Claire said, probably around that 48k mark um, before we turn around and continue uh, back around that full moon in Virgo, which we will do a more in-depth analysis next episode. But again, so looking specifically at the astrology for Bitcoin, this new moon in Aquarius, Everything's looking quite positive. We still have a lot of those overall outer planet transits that look positive, like Pluto conjunct the natal Jupiter, Uranus sextile, the natal Uranus, and Uranus trine, the natal Saturn of Bitcoin. Now, this new moon is actually happening in Bitcoin's seventh house, which has everything to do with exchanges, valuations. Uh, Here, we're talking about like shares, or we could say the Satoshis, right, in Bitcoin. Um, and accounting. So this can have things to do such as uh, methodologies or even potentially scandals. Now, sometimes, you know, I I love to search for like the juicy potential, like, hey, what's like kind of scandals are going to happen when things are happening in the seventh house. But honestly, I, I can't see anything around this time in the astrology. It's just looking happy and dandy, which is great. Um, This new moon is actually also conjunct Bitcoin's natal Chiron, which this time around is exciting because sometimes we can be a little cautious around Chiron because Chiron in astrology is known as the wounded healer. And so it does tend to represent like our deepest wounds which can be like the deep, dark sides of us, but actually it can also um, look at our capacity for healing and for helping others with similar struggles. And this new moon, or as any new moon, it's about new beginnings, right? So I really feel that this new moon and with it being in the seventh house for Bitcoin, it's really about Bitcoin coming in and healing even more these wounds that we have around our old financial system i think that we will be seeing more people uh, open up to the idea of bitcoin and to the idea of exchanging through bitcoin or through even just cryptocurrencies so um, And people feeling more free and more confident with it, which I did think I do feel that the Bitcoin spot ETF approval helped with that. And so I, th- I, I really like sense this healing energy around this. And I do feel like, again, I just imagine like Bitcoin in this like superhero vibes right now, especially with, again, as we were saying, Aquarius has values of freedom, independence. And that's how Bitcoin really is stepping in and and playing this role around this time. On top of that, also the new moon is also conjunct the natal Neptune of Bitcoin. Now, Neptune enhances intuition, empathy, and a sense of connection to others on a spiritual or emotional level. So I feel like this is about investors. So the people that are the shareholders, right, that hold the shares of Bitcoin, aka we're holding the satoshis, we're stacking those sats. It's about them starting to dream bigger than they've ever dreamt before. And it's both for the current investors, we could so call them the old investors, but also future investors and new investors. Like there is just an awakening happening and how people maybe are really starting to feel and see Bitcoin coming in and being able to contribute to a broader society or those humanity, that word that I can't pronounce, the humanity to human, hum, I'm going to work on my pronunciation, but the humanitarism. Nah, I can't do it. Thank you. So those themes, right? Thank you, Aquarius. Also, always challenging me, seeing as, you know, you're my medicine. (laughs) But yeah, so I really feel like there's an opportunity for healing during this time and a bigger picture, a bigger dream, but doing it through an energy of compassion and forgiveness of the old system and an understanding of the new. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's really beautiful, really beautiful energy that Bitcoin is bringing in around this time.
0: Yeah, I love what you said about Chiron as well, because I, I find Chiron just a really interesting, um, you know, aspect in, in, even in people's personal charts, but I particularly just find it very, very interesting in Bitcoin's chart. Um, You know, Bitcoin's natal Chiron is an Aquarius. And so there's this, you know, potential wound or challenge related to an individual's sense of independence, uniqueness, and innovation. And so if Bitcoin was a person, may have felt excluded or rejected for being different and not conforming to societal norms. And the prescription for healing can come through embracing the unconventional, breaking free from traditional societal expectations, and embracing one's individuality and unique qualities to align with one's true self. It may also involve breaking down social barriers and working towards greater social justice. So I just think that that so beautifully describes Bitcoin. And so this area of Chiron, which is to, you know, potentially being being excluded, being rejected for being different and not conforming, That is what we've seen and we're coming into this place where Bitcoin has kind of had this energy of like, well, I'm still going to be me and I'm still going to embrace the unconventional and break free from traditional societal expectations. And that's where the healing comes. And I do feel like we are in a period of this for Bitcoin. I mean, just in the last week, I've had conversations with people talking very seriously about Bitcoin, which previously would never have even spoken about Bitcoin. Or if they did, it would have been with this sort of sarcastic, patronizing manner. And now they're really like taking it seriously. So it's like, oh, government pressed the approve button. Now it's okay for you to take it seriously, which I find is very fascinating anyway. But um, I think it just really aligns with um, this Nassim Taleb wrote this book um, called Anti-Fragile, Things That Gain From Disorder. And um, even though I think that he's not necessarily a Bitcoiner anymore, but he wrote this really interesting book that I really think just describes Chiron, the role of Chiron. And it's this idea of anti-fragile. So it refers to a system, entity or organism that does not merely withstand stresses or shocks, but it actually benefits from them. It thrives under pressure, adapting and improving in response, becoming stronger, and more resilient as a result. Like that really defines Chiron for me because, um, or the role of Chiron in our lives, because it's like our immune system, like your immune system needs to be challenged to strengthen and grow And it feels like Bitcoin is really like that as an organism as well in terms of, you know, every time Bitcoin is attacked, it like adapts and responds and it improves in response to these attacks. It grows stronger through every attack and um, more resilient through every attack. It becomes more decentralized, more secure. And um, I thought that that was fascinating. Yeah, yeah. So... Loving this,
1: Cairo.
0: So oh.
1: Sorry, I just said go Bitcoin. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely,
1: absolutely. <laughs>
0: Bitcoin growing through adversity as well.
1: Exactly. No, it's it's so beautiful. So, yeah, I think that this is just a really beautiful time in many many different ways. And um, should, should we announce something, Claire?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Coming into the lunar new year, we're so excited. We really have a lot of things planned and released in this new year, Um, this year of 2024. We're really excited about it. And we just have got a lot to release, a lot of different products that are going to, that we've designed to support you guys in your journey through financial astrology, through Bitcoin and through crypto. Um, we really feel a big responsibility for that. Um, you know, we we love your dedication. We love your loyalty um, and listening to our podcast every week. And we really feel some responsibility to be able to support you through your journey and through Bitcoin. So the first launch that we have is our, the Bitcoin Zodiac website, and um, you can find that at Um, TheBitcoinZodiac.com, and you can get a sneak peek into some of the things that we are going to be launching this year and we're so excited about them and um, in our next episode Corinne
1: do you want to uh, know what our next episode is going to look like? Gee I am so excited so like Claire said you guys are going to get a sneak peek by looking at our website but next episode, you're actually going to get a good look at Claire and I <laughs> because we finally have our YouTube channel. And from next episode, we are going to have a video as well. So not only will you be able to see our beautiful faces, but um, you will also be able to see things such as our charts, um, even for us to be able to actually walk you all through our website and give you a little bit more details on more things that we have coming up for this year. So I'm really excited, um, to just continue to expand, to continue to give more value, to be able to give visuals as well, because, you know, um, as somebody like such as myself, that is very much a visual learner, we, we wanted to be able to, um, to to be able to share more resources this way as well and reach more audiences to be able to just continue to share more and more of the value as we learn and as we expand with you all. So uh, I'm just excited. I'm so grateful for all of you. Um, We just received the most beautiful heartfelt messages and I love what we're creating here yeah. we be here without you guys so <laughs> it's uh, it's beautiful to see just even the community that's growing over over the world thanks to once again bitcoin as well as the cosmos
0: absolutely absolutely we really appreciate you guys and we really appreciate your loyalty and faith in us and um and we love it and we want to respond and you know creating things that really support you And um, so you're going to get to see our facial expressions when we talk about Gary Gensler and Elizabeth (laughs) Warren and um, Claire's going to be recording in a UV face mask. (laughs) You're going to, you're going to be able to get to see all of that. So I think it's really exciting. It's just up leveling our level of connectivity with you guys. And it just allows us as well to just share our charts in more detail share what we're looking at and expand from that point of view so we're really really excited about it and i hope you guys are too
1: you well happy new moon in Aquarius soul
0: yeah happy new moon peace love and bitcoin we will literally see you next next episode peace love and bitcoin thank you for joining us for another episode of the bitcoin zodiac podcast We hope you enjoyed our discussions about the evolution of Bitcoin viewed through the lens of financial astrology. This podcast does not offer financial advice, so please make sure you do your own research. And stay tuned for our next episode, where we will continue to dive deeper and build off these perception-expanding topics. Remember whatever your beliefs may be, we all have something to learn from each other, so stay curious. Stay open-minded and keep exploring the world of Bitcoin and astrology. As always, may the stars align in your favor and your crypto investments prosper. Until next time, peace, love and Bitcoin.